A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, observe what is right, do what is just, for my salvation is about to come, my justice about to be revealed. The foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, ministering to him, loving the name of the Lord, and becoming his servants, all who keep the Sabbath free of profanation and hold to my covenant, them I will bring to my holy mountain and make joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. The word of the Lord. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, I am speaking to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle to the Gentiles. I glory in my ministry in order to make my race jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection is a reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? For the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable, just as you once disobeyed God, but have now received mercy because of their disobedience. So they have now disobeyed in order that, 
by virtue of the mercy shown to you, they too may now receive mercy. For God delivered all to disobedience, that he might have mercy upon all. The word of the Lord. proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom and cured every disease among the Sancti Evangelii Secundum Matteum. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Jesus' disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did Jesus homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, It is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, Please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, a woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. Verbum Domini. Today in the Gospel, 
we see the incredible faith and humility of this Canaanite woman. She comes out, she comes to Jesus saying, have pity on me, Lord, son of David. She is an image of the church, the church universal, including Jew and Gentile. This call to conversion and to faith and to belief in Jesus Christ. And the reason this is so astounding is that we're told she's a Canaanite woman. She refers to Jesus as the son of David. She's using this Jewish title, recognizing his Jewish heritage. The Canaanites and the Jews were enemies. Jesus is in the region, we're told, of Tyre and Sidon. And this is a coastal cities northwest of Capernaum and Nazareth, Capernaum where Jesus made his home for his ministry. It's this strip of land along the eastern end of the Mediterranean Sea from the southern border of Syria to the Sinai Peninsula in the south. And then from you know, west to east from the Mediterranean Sea to the Jordan. And these borders would change in history. But this was the place of conquest from 1406 to 1200 BC at the Exodus event. This is the promised land, the land of Canaan. The Jews are sent in, the Israelites are sent in to, to drive out these pagan nations and peoples and to claim this land. That's the conquest. They were to settle there after the conquest. But Israel failed to fully conquer the land completely. There were Canaanite pockets were left over, idolatry was maintained, and this largely led to the fall of the monarchs, right? They would fall into, the kings would fall into this false idolatry. And historically, the Canaanites, even though they were more sophisticated culture with their walled cities and metallurgy, their weaponry and everything, they were, had v wicked, horrible practices of idolatry, human sacrifice, and even the sacrifice of their own children to these pagan gods. In Romans chapter 116, Paul says, the gospel is the power of God for the salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek, to the Gentiles, the non-Jews. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. Paul was an apostle to the Gentiles. It was not, so the Messiah would come through the Jewish lineage, but Jesus would make it open to all, these covenantal promises of salvation to all, not just to those in the line of the Jews by their ancestry. Romans 11 that we have today, it says that all have been disobedient so that God you know, might have mercy on all. The Jews were disobedient. They had the, the exiles. You know, they lost their line of kings. They lost even the Ark of the Covenant for 500 years. Jesus would come to restore that kingdom, that kingship, marries the new Ark of the Covenant. Jesus would offer us this everlasting covenant and his blood, and it's through his sacrifice on Calvary reconciling the entire world to God. So not just promises for the Jewish people in Christ, it's made universal to all. That's a big deal, that's a big deal. We see that in the life of Peter, you know, baptizing the house of Cornelius. And um, so the early Christians 
you know, were sent out to do this. The Great Commission in Matthew's Gospel later, they were sent to all nations. So we are all sinners, Jews and Gentiles alike, in need of God's mercy. The responsorial psalm today speaks of this universality. O God, let all the nations praise you. May your way be known upon earth. May all the ends of the earth fear him. So this is God's plan. We see the, the first gospel, this power of salvation, Paul, Paul says, starts with Genesis. There's enmity between uh, the serpent and the woman. I'll put enmity between you and the woman. He's speaking to the serpent. And between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head, you shall bruise his heel. The seed of the woman, the seed of Israel, we could say, the seed of Mary is Jesus Christ. Through his paschal mystery, he crushes the head of the serpent, defeats sin and death. And then we have the call of Abraham, like 1,700 years before Christ. He and Sarah are infertile. They're made fertile. His offspring is going to form Israel. It's being more, more numerous than the stars in the sky or the sands on the seashore. Genesis 12, and by you all the families of the earth shall bless themselves. So Jesus, God takes and forms a nation of Israel through this infertile couple by a miracle of his grace, they conceive Isaac and Jacob, the father of the 12 tribes, forms his people that he's going to send the Messiah through, and he's building this kingdom through multiple covenants. Abraham was to be the father of many nations. Israel is the firstborn of the family of God, and the Messiah, Jesus Christ, comes from this line. He is Savior. He is Lord and he reconciles the world to God. So Jesus is restoring the kingdom. As I mentioned, the kingdom that was cut off, the kingship that was cut off in the exile, you know, the, 12, the 10 of the 12 tribes were lost by the Assyrian invasion 700 years before Christ. And we could say that's what he's doing in these regions, right? These pagan Gentile regions are way up in the north. So he's come to gather all the 12 tribes, 10 were lost 700 years before Christ. He's in that region to restore them. So to restore Israel and to open up these covenantal blessings to all. So this Canaanite woman, amazingly, comes up to Jesus and says, Lord, help me. You know, Lord, help me. Lord, it can be an address of the time. It can be an address of, of respect. But the early Christians take it up in their prayer life to Jesus, addressing him as Lord. It points to his true identity as the Son of God. And Jesus pushes this woman, you know, three times in this gospel passage, kind of test her faith. First, he doesn't answer her. He said, Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Then he replies, and even the disciples said, please, they come to him and please send her away. She keeps calling out after us. So you got people pushing her back even, right? People in the church, right? He said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
rebuffs her again. The woman says, Lord, help me. It's not right to take the food. Jesus, the third time, the rebuff says, it is not right to take the food of children and throw it to dogs. And she says, please, Lord, even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Literally, this is this reference to dogs as puppies, that they're at the, you know, underneath the table, so to speak, you know, to get the scraps. We see this repartee between them. But the point is, is that you know, Jesus is the Messiah. He's come in fulfillment of all this preparation of the Old Testament. You know, all the cultic practices, the sacrifices, the giving of the law, our understanding of sin, our understanding of need of repentance. It does that's necessary to recognize that I need a savior, and how is he going to do it? Through his sacrifice on Calvary. Those those cultic practices, those sacrifices of the Old Testament point to his sacrifice on Calvary, you know, for our salvation. That was hammered into the people to understand who Jesus was and how he was going to redeem us. And Jesus marvels at our faith. O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done to you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. She gives a beautiful example of faith and perseverance. And some see in her the image of the church, the new Israel. Faith and perseverance, and we could say humility. You know, St. Teresa of Calcutta would say, if you are humble, nothing will touch you, neither praise nor disgrace, because you know what you are. If you are blamed, you will not be discouraged. If they call you a saint, you will not put yourself on a pedestal. There might be things we don't like, maybe about our parish, fill in the blank, whatever it is. You know, don't let that stop you from coming to God, from coming to Jesus. He's the focus there. Be humble. Father Cajetan married to Bergamo, writing about humility, he would say, there are saints in heaven who are not poor on earth. There are saints in heaven who are not virgins while on earth. There are saints in heaven who didn't carry out severe penances. But there is no saint in heaven that was not humble while on earth. Humility draws us all. We're all drawn to, we're, we're all drawn to humble people. We're all put off by pride and arrogance. Jesus himself is drawn to that. If we're humble, we have this re receptivity God. We have this thirst for him. You know, that everyone, you know, is called to this kind of humility of faith and repentance. And Jesus cannot refuse faith. He does it time and time and again, even from the most unexpected places. That should encourage us because we can all practice humility. We might not have gifts or talents or even particular virtues, but we can practice this humility and faith to receive the fullness of this life of God that Jesus offers us.